the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. When God has you, he even has you in the failure. Matter of fact, don't fear it because you really need it. You really, you say, what? Man, if you got it right all the time, you'd be the most proudest rascal on this side of the Mississippi River. A lot of times God lets you fail to keep you in check. William Ward said, and I quote, the greatest failure is the failure to try, unquote. The greatest failure is the failure to try, said William Ward. Uh, Instead of fearing failure, why not use it to work for your own good? I mean, some of you won't serve because you you figure you're going to mess up. But I got news for you. You will mess up, and you're going to mess up, and you ain't perfect. That's all right. You're trying to get there because God ain't through with you yet. Amen? I'm not going to stop preaching because I'm going to preach perfect English. I mess up everything up here. Amen. I lose thoughts, everything else. And uh, you're not supposed to be focusing on my English know-how. What you say right now? I'm going to try to get it right most of the time. But being known to you today, you don't listen to the message with, with an analytical ear. You listen to the message with the ear of receptivity. Lord, what would you have me to hear? Speak to my heart, for your servant is listening. That was a time back during slavery. They, man, they couldn't read, couldn't write. Matter of fact, it was against the law to do all that. Don't just say amen. But those preachers could preach. And folk got saved. How could they get saved 
And I knew, you know why? Because they, it, was, it was passed down. They got revelation from God. God used what they have, had, even when they had no scripture, it was handed down to them. Songs were handed down. And what, and what was handed down, God just kept that right. And folks still got saved anyhow. Amen? Listen, folk got saved back then because the other time, all we had was the Lord. Didn't have no freedom. Amen. Didn't have anything. Messed up, split up, everything else. But we had God, and God was enough. Won't y'all, look how y'all getting quiet. It's part of our history. You can't erase history. I'll tell you something. This is all, you know, Martin Luther King time and all that. But, uh, even though the slave ships from Africa was a very atrocious, heinous thing, I thank God for it. I thank God for it. Because God worked all things together for the good. Many folk died, didn't make it over, but I thank God for those who got over. And we end up in America because if it weren't for the slave ships, I wouldn't be here now. And we wouldn't have a chance to minister to those kids back in Africa now. Amen? God brings triumph and blessing out of tragedy. Now, that looked like a failure, but God overruled that thing and worked it for the good. And now, because he got transferred us over here, we can be a blessing not only to Africa, but to Europe and New Zealand and Asia and everywhere else, all over the world, praise God. So don't look back at your past and get bitter. You all look back at your past and say, thank you. My soul looked back. I don't wonder how I got over. I know how I got over. It was the Lord that brought me over. Do I have a witness here today? What should we do with our failure? What should we do with our failure? That's a good question. How many of you fail? Don't tell no lie in the house of God now. You know, it's rain and lightning might strike. <laughs> what should we do with our failure? Number one, A, learn from our failure. Learn from it. You know, it's bad when you fail and don't even learn. Have enough common sense, good God Almighty, to learn from your mistakes. Learn from your failure. B, grow from our failure. You can grow through it. God makes you a better man, a better woman. I mean, give you experience. You grow up through it. You don't grow with everything happening just right in your life. Everything you touch turned to gold. That's no growth. There have to be some tests, some trials, some failures, some disappointments some disillusionment in order to get us to the next level in Christ. So all failure is not bad. And see, uh, in failure, what should we do with it? Teach others because of our failures. Teach others. Now, some of y'all, y'all can't teach others because you walk around here struck like a peacock like you've never failed. All of us have failed. We, we've all fallen short. All of us got stories and testimonies of how bad we messed up. And how God overruled. So, A, let's repeat it again. What should we do our failure? We should what? Learn from our failure. B, grow from our failure. C, teach others because of our failures. 
You can teach your child, parents, through your failures. Through your failures. Um, Now, here's another question. Let's transition based on failure. What is God doing in our failure? What about that perspective? What about, what is God up to? What is he doing in our failure? Y'all hanging with me? What is God doing in our failure? Uh, Some of you don't serve because of failure, but no, go on. Go on. Don't let that stop you. What is God doing in our failure? A, God often prepares us for success through our failure. He often prepares us for our success through our what? Through our failure. If you talk to every great man, great woman, president, governor, executive, I don't care, whatever they are, they got some failures of how they really messed it up, if they can go back and do it all over again. Some of them would say, I wouldn't do it over again. I needed that to get where I am. If that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. You see what I'm saying? So, so actually, God propels us many times to, to success through our failure. B, we have a greater dependency upon the Lord because of our failure. When you fail, you have a greater dependency upon the Lord. When you fail, man, boy, oh, God, help me. When you fail, you pray more. You cry to God more. Spoiled people don't cry to God. It's, it's those that try and try and can't seem to get it. Let me just give you some places where we have failed. Academic exams. I'm talking to somebody out there. And me too. <laughs> Physical training tests. You in the Air Force? How many Air Force persons in here? Don't you have to test to get to the next level? You ever took a test, tried to get there, and couldn't, and ended up retiring? <laughs> God said, get out. I got something else for you to do. <laughs> I don't want you to go another five years. I want you out because I I, I'm sending you another direction. I'm going to let you. It wasn't that you were the biggest dummy in the Air Force. It's just God had something else in mind. <laughs> failure, 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 failure. Physical training, uh, you, you know, the, your PT tests that you can't pass. You huff and you puff. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. And still, you can't get it and you end up out. Promotional exams, uh, certifications. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Licensure exams to get certain license to do this or that, uh, to be a realtor or to be a beautician. God don't want you to mess with hair. He wants you to do something else. He'll flunk you. And then sometimes he wants you to do that, but he'll test your perseverance. So it does work the other way too. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you failed to interview. You failed it. Now some of y'all go in there failing. You walk in there, your mouth got all that bling bling in it. <laughs> yeah. Give me a job. Folks can see their face in your teeth. Hire me. Hell, wow. Going all down the direction, dread stuff, and all kind of folks that happen to you, and you just look wild. Not presentable, slouching, half pants half down. How are you going to compete 
with your pants half down your rear. Why don't you say that? Pull your pants up and buckle them up. Nobody want to see them boxers. Don't y'all say amen. And stop going in there trying to talk Ebonics. You better learn how to speak and speak well. Have some self-confidence in yourself. You defeat yourself like folk owe you with a hundred other applicants trying to compete for the same job. And you walk in there defeating yourself. Put some mints in your mouth, too. (laughs) It's the little things that cause you to fail. Sell yourself. Have some self-respect. Failure. Getting cut from the team. Sports. Somebody make the cut. You don't. Make the team and you don't. Uh, failed relationships. Failed relationship. Marriages. And friendships. Now some of y'all friendships need to fail. Because God couldn't get an ounce of service out of you as long as you was attached to a certain person as a friend. Sometimes God has to create, let, allow issues to come in because as long as you're with that person, you're not getting anywhere for God. God has to allow that to happen. Amen. And some of you guys, you try to get this girl, girl, and you keep on after, and she, she, and she don't want you. And later on, you praise God you didn't get her. <laughs> Amen. Or, or vice versa. You know, the man didn't want you for somebody else, and God had somebody else in mind, and you thank God today you didn't marry the person you thought you should have married. And some of y'all in a mess, and you married <laughs> Ask God to help you. Until death do you what? Part. Amen. Irreconcilable differences. What's that? There's no scripture on that. I don't love her no more. Well, you loved her once before. Will yourself to love her. God will help your attitude. Amen. Amen. You don't marry folk because of how they look. That's how come some of y'all fail. Just because she's pretty, she may be ugly inside. Pretty ugly inside. Amen. It may be that one, that man, that's kind of not too tall and don't have much hair, pot belly, may make you the best husband. Half, half done Chevrolet. Amen. That might be... That's your man. God said, you said, that girl said, what? That was about me when I got married. I had a half done Chevrolet. I'm talking about me. I had a little more hair than I had now. And so on sideburn. Some people been my mama's house, see those long burns and hair all around here. I was strutting up. And, uh, but I had a Chevrolet and it didn't have uh, too much. It didn't have air, you know. And I just bought my clothes in my little piano and things, and we just moved on in and, and just, you know how good, y'all want to know about that, don't you know how quiet y'all got? <laughs> my wife did not marry me. I, I was about a, a semester or two away from having my master's, 
still in college, wasn't making no money. She didn't marry me because of money. I wasn't a preacher then, so she didn't marry me because I was a preacher. She married me because God told her to marry me. That's why. And I married her because God put it in my heart to marry her. When you think about marriage, the first thing you need to ask that per- you have to ask yourself, is this person from the Lord? That's the question you ask. Not how much money, what kind of ride you got, how your hair is, what coat. That ain't nothing. That ain't, ain't about nothing. Is that person from the Lord for you? And if y'all had asked that question years ago, you'd have saved yourself a lot of heartbreak and trouble today. And I know I'm talking to somebody by radio, television, and in this congregation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, let me go. So failed relationships. Uh, so we have a greater dependency upon the Lord because of our failure. See, God uses failure to transition us out of his permissive will into his perfect will. <laughs> wow, this is deep. Take us out. You know, sometimes God permits you to get some places, but that wasn't really where he wanted you to be. And he just said, you know what? You, I still can't get all of what I want out of you. So he'll shake your comfort zone to get you. He permitted you to be here or there, but that's not ultimately where he wanted you. And you've gotten comfortable in his permissive will. He said, that's my permit. I permitted you that, but you can't stay there. I want you in my perfect will because the greater work is done in the perfect will of God. You understand what I'm saying? And then D, listen. What is seemingly failure to us and others is not failure at all to God. For he is orchestrating our circumstances to do a new and greater thing in our lives. Now, that's a long one. I'm going to repeat it again because I know you were writing. What is seemingly failure to us as well as others, is not failure at all to God. Y'all hear For he is orchestrating our circumstances to do a new and greater thing in our lives. In our lives. I remember, let me give you a personal illustration. I remember when I pastored the previous church. I've never called the name of that church. Rarely mentioned the church. But I remember when I pastored the previous church, I was there four years, two months, and, uh, and then after all was said and done, I, I got my family, and we were back out on the streets. I had no money. I had my retirement to get me to San Antonio in the first place. We, my wife and I took out every dime we had to put ourselves in ministry. We had two babies, and we had ourselves. We had no checks. We had to do deputation with our relatives and friends to support us. We were back on the streets. And between that time, the birth of Maranatha and the leaving of the previous church, I had no church. And I remember so vividly, listen closely. I was in my living room. I was in the house, and one of the pastors of the city, I had not called his name, he surprised me and came to the house, 12106 Morristown. And I, I welcomed him in. He sat in a chair. I remember that to this day. 
And he asked me what happened. And he was feeling so sorry for me. And I said, no, 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 no. Because it seemed like I had felt. He said, I said, don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to be all right. God is at work. I tell you what I want you to do, Pastor so-and-so. I want you to come back one year from now and sit in that same chair and let me tell you my testimony. A few weeks later, we, we, we started a Bible study in the YMCA, and from there we, we became a church organized in St. Stephen's Baptist Church. Then we used a, a white Pentecostal church uh, in the evening time to have our first service because they worship more. We only worship in the evening. They gave us access to the facility. We were only there six weeks because I didn't want them to kind of getting too comfortable in somebody else's facility. I want us to get out there and swim. And so we leased our first facility on, at 5806 and we remodeled that thing, took a warehouse and converted it into a wonderful sanctuary. We grew out of it and then we moved to 5814 and recreated it, took still and, and cement and with the help of volunteers and some outside plumbers and electricians. And we, we built 5814. 58, and then we grew out of that and started having two services. And then two services wasn't enough. It's too many. We started having closed circuit in the next building next door. And we grew out of that. We bought land in 96. And then a few years later, uh, 2002, uh, we began to build and in 2003, here we are today. But I did not know way back then what God had in mind. Seemingly, when I was not at that church, it seemingly, it all looked bleak and all that, but God had something greater in mind. Because if I hadn't gone through that experience, that would not be a Maranatha today. <laughs> Amen? So, so what I'm saying is, all situations are not bad. Sometimes God sends you through to a boot camp and trained you, and then he transitioned you to another location where he's going to do a greater work through you that you couldn't do at the previous place because a lid was on and you had so much in you for God that needed to be done, but you were squashed with legalism and we'd never done it that way before until the work of God could get hindered. And God had a great work for me to do, and I knew it couldn't been done there. And so God released me to bloom me. And I thank God for the experience. It looked bad up front, but the, but the big picture is that he had this that we see today in mind. Amen? I remember, here's another failure in my personal family. I remember, I'm talking about my own personal failures. Because some of you don't, I remember when, uh, after I graduated, I was thinking about not going to, I was not going to college. I didn't want to do all that. I thought about not going. So I decided I was going to take, I wanted to go work for the post office, Brother Case. And so I went down and I took that post office exam. That exam was just as easy to me as it could be. I just went right on down. You know, I just knew I was a smarty cat and just went right on down. When they gave me my result, I flunked that thing so far to the left. <laughs> I was asking myself, what happened? <laughs> my goodness, I knew I knew. What happened? I flunked it big time. But God knew that if I had passed that and started making that little money back then, I'd have kept my little self in Houston, and I would have been doing who knows what, and I wouldn't be looking at you today, and you wouldn't be looking at me. And I thank God I flunked that test because that got me to San Antonio, y'all. 
Aren't y'all glad I flunked? So what, I, what I'm saying is that stop beating yourself. Now, the other side is that don't seek to fail. <laughs> That's the other side. Some of y'all don't study. You stay up late. You, you, you cram. You know you got a paper coming. You, you got the syllabus three months early. And here you are the day before, two days before, trying to cram. You're not learning. You're cramming. You don't learn in cramming. You're not just trying to pass the test. You want to learn something, for goodness sake. Won't y'all say amen? If some of y'all fail yourself because of your attitude, and your attitude determines your altitude, man. Won't y'all say amen? So, many don't serve because of, because of fear of failure. Beloved, I'll tell you something else too, uh, in a relation to failure, and then we'll move on to the next one. It is evil to hope for someone else to fail for your own personal gain. You know that? Bad when you hope it doesn't go well because you're not over it. Or you weren't selected. And so you stay home. When, when you were over it, you had no problem coming. But not quite as good now. It's not your program, so you stay home. But, but it's God's ministry. If it ain't about you, it becomes your option as to whether you want to participate or not. Can't nobody do it like you. Hoping folk fail. That's a bad thing. That's evil at its core to hope anybody fail. I tell you what, the worst thing you can ever, thank you, Holy Spirit. The worst thing you can tell anybody is to go to hell. Look how quiet it is. Now, y'all know some of y'all in here told somebody to go to hell. Don't tell nobody. That's the worst thing. You don't wish hell on nobody. Hell is, hell is horrible. You going to heaven? You ought to be, I, pray, I pray you go to heaven. Not, not I hope you go, go to hell. Man. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.